The following podcast is a production of the LAG. Creepy Pete and Chili Cheese J present. All right, so uh, this is just to um, prove to you that I'm not lying about this game that I found. Out. Okay, so there's a bit of weirdness. I should not have felt doubt. What the f- Pet Scout, a lame-ass gamers network investigation. That's a dead kid. This is just luck that I happen to find this. We begin episode 9 with the startup screen for Petscop. We see bright purple letters and a gif teeter-totter with the welcoming press start at the top of the screen. We then see, for the first time, a loading screen that we can clearly see. This one is unlike the Newmaker plane loading screens, as it is of itself the road underneath the gif plane sign. This loading screen only lasts a few moments before snapping back to Paul and Evencare, collecting a few pieces. Although this does not seem like Paul's normal playthrough, we see flashing up in the center of the screen a blinking icon that says, Demo. In this demo sequence, we see Paul's sprite has zero pieces and is going through Evencare as if it was his first time. However, Paul's sprite is not interacting with any of the text prompts or pictures that are hanging on the walls. We do see Paul's sprite walk back to the keyboard room and we notice the number on the treadmill is 16. Paul interacts with the treadmill and lowers it to 3. He does this in a strange pattern, and when the treadmill reads 3, he just stops and does nothing for about half a minute. After this, the sprite runs a little more on the treadmill and lowers it to 0. This marks the end of the demo sequence as the game appears to crash. And the screen suddenly cuts to black after a few moments of nothing. We then return to underneath the Newmaker plane. Paul is meandering around Mike's grave before we see him walk into the shed. He immediately turns around and enters the cellar door next to it. As he enters the room with the glitchy NLM sprite, we see nothing has changed. Kara NLM is still there, distorting and filling the room with an ominous red halo while facing Paul. Paul exits the room, not staying long. He then slowly enters again before exiting once more. He repeats this strange action until we see his sprite glitch through the shed right to the side. Uh. This action has changed Paul's sprite drastically, now covered in a pitch black silhouette. Paul looks just like Marvin did when we first saw him. He then discovers going back down the cellar stairs snaps his sprite back to normal. He repeats his actions a few times. It only works when I go... this way. Becoming the Shadow Monster Man, Paul is testing out this new mechanic, and though he surprisingly doesn't speak, we see him walking around for a moment before being cut to black and reappearing in front of the camera above. Paul then walks forward, still a silhouette sprite, but now we see the windmill by its spinning blades. An object hard to miss. Are you kidding me? Paul enters the windmill as we observed Marvin do, and we are greeted by a disturbing scene and a tune we've heard before. Inside the windmill, we see another face easel. This one, a small nose with no eyebrows. Next to it is a confusing assemblage of gears, and spinning on top is a girl, also with no eyebrows. We see a white tool on the floor, like the one who answered Paul's questions, but this one is much smaller, almost handheld. When Paul interacts with this tool, it plunges upward and seems to arc towards the girl. The screen fades to black, but we see Paul gains 50 pieces from this event. We see a glimpse of the windmill room for just a moment, and we see the girl has vanished. 
Paul exits the windmill and stands in front of it for a few seconds. Completely still, he stands facing the left, before another cut to black. After the cut, we see the regular Paul Sprite running to the windmill. This time, there is just the foundation, where the once giant structure stood just moments ago. We then cut again, to Paul entering in the face we saw in the windmill, onto the room generating easel. A text prompt then reads, You found her. You may visit her room. Paul enters the new bleak room. The whole room is a pale shade of gray, and we see a windmill and a pink tool lying on the table along with a carpet displaying gears. There is no child in this room, but shockingly, we see another Paul reading a note and walking to the right before disappearing. Paul then interacts with the note, and we can see that it reads, You must have guessed, but I was looking through your things. I found that picture of you from 1977, standing in front of an old windmill with your friend. You went there, and it was a bad idea. Your friend and the windmill both disappeared in the thin air. Her sister was holding the camera. She took another picture minutes later. Just you. No windmill. And no friend. You married her sister. And years later, your friend was reborn as your daughter. Your wife won't admit this is true. But I know it. Because I found the evidence. Your friend never returned with you. And the windmill was gone. I went to see it myself. Where is it? What did you do? Signed, Rainer Newmaker. Paul then walks to the right and exits through a shadow doorway. This action we have seen previously though, and suspiciously enough, the movements he makes after reading the note are a perfect mirror of the sprite we saw leave upon entering. We are then brought to another absurdly dark loading screen. This one we see appears to be a blue piece the collectibles Paul finds in his playthroughs. Paul is now in a gray hallway that is very narrow, but filled with pieces for him to collect. As he reaches the end of this passage, it opens up into a much larger room. Greeting us in the center of the room is a cake. Even with a slice taken, a prominent pea stands up from the center. To the sides of this cake are two large presents, neatly wrapped with purple bows displaying them. We see in a strange window, or perhaps a shelf, the missing piece of cake alongside a spinning pinwheel. Paul opens the present on the right first. A chirping jingle is heard as he lifts the lid up, and a green key floats out and appears above Paul's head. He walks over to the left side present, and we notice something is different about this one straight away. There appears to be a note written on it in purple text. However, it is too small to read. As Paul opens this present, we see what looks to be some spinning red object, but we never get a glimpse as it has been censored to us by a big black box. Paul is stunned at whatever was in the box and is speechless. His only words, What the fuck? The camera then abruptly cuts to Paul in the right-hand corner, explaining there is a bit of weirdness with the camera controls. Okay, so there's a bit of weirdness the camera here. The camera seems to have detached from Paul and was awkwardly locked to the left side of him. Paul then meanders around the room in silence, not mentioning the contents of the box. The camera glitch does not allow us to see Paul at all, but somehow he makes it to another room where the camera is fixed, and we see another present. As Paul approaches the present and opens it, he disappears, and the camera zooms into the gift, as if we were jumping inside. The screen is black, but there is an almost angelic sound playing. The same that you would hear in another video game, maybe after beating a boss. Paul has now been teleported back to the Newmaker plane, this time in an unfamiliar location within it. We don't see the familiar cellar doors, only the endless grassy and pitch black expanse of the Newmaker plane. Paul then walks around for a little bit, 
still not saying a word. He advances forward just a bit, and we see a small brick building. This building is very small, and displays an unusual white box with a symbol above its doorway. Paul enters the building, and immediately the screen turns white for just a few moments, before a colorful pink loading screen is displayed with the checkered pattern behind it. Paul is now back in even care, and enters from the other side of the door that was previously closed. The background that is running behind the room Paul enters is ironically the same one that was above the door in the new maker plane. It seems as if there is a close connection between these two worlds. Paul then proceeds to walk around even care, and we see that the entrance he originally used is now closed. Knowing he can't open doors, Paul proceeds to read the Randis picture on the wall. It's a picture of two friends, Toneth and Randis. Are they not cute? Give them a chance. Paul then walks to the right side door, and as he brushes through the text boxes in the next hallway, it is important to note that they have changed. The first sign reads, When you're choosing a pet, find one that you like. You don't have to love them right away. The first time we had read this sign, it referred to a pet not as one, but someone, as if it was a child. Paul then proceeds to the room he caught Amber in. The cages are vacant, only filled with pieces. The text on her award is also still the same. We then watch Paul collect all the pieces in Amber's cages before he proceeds to the room south of her award. This is the same room where we saw Paul catch Pen. However, there are no piano keys on the floor anymore. All that is present is the treadmill with a value of zero on it. Paul walks on the treadmill, raising the value to 16. After nothing happens, he changes directions, lowering the value. He drops the value to negative one, and then his game seems to crash suddenly. A frozen frame of Paul walking with the new green key proudly displayed over his head is all that we can see. The screen cuts to black, as we assume Paul is restarting the game. After the cut, Paul is now back at Mike's grave, and we see him enter the cellar that leads back to the damp and ominous basement where we can see Care NLM. This time around, she is not glitched or distorted and is captured upon contact. We hear the satisfying caught jingle as we watch for the first time an actual child being caught as a pet. Paul pauses the game to go to the description of our new pet, and we see a message blatantly demanding our attention above the menu. It reads, You're in the other place too. The description for Care NLM reads, To catch her, you had to lie, but it may not be a lie forever. You're the new maker. You can turn Care NLM into Care A and close the loop. Paul unpauses the game, and we also can spot another one of the Even Care symbol boxes in the corner. Could this room exist in the same spot as another in Even Care? Paul approaches the box, and the screen abruptly cuts to Paul walking to the child library with the towering good grief and alas in the background. As the drop-off slot opens, and the sound of turning stone is settled, the start menu opens, and another message is there for us. It reads, The pets really seem to like you. Thanks for playing Petscop. As Paul selects Care NLM to be dropped off, a text appears. You've decided to leave Care NLM. If you change your mind within six months, you can take Care NLM back. What month is it anyway? What year is it? We then see Care NLM popped inside the dropbox with hands over her face and crying like we've seen her. As the dropbox begins to turn back around, revealing an empty chamber upon its 360. Paul remains still for an agonizing 15 seconds or so before cutting to Care's room in the building where we see our Care NLM is sitting atop the bed. Paul approaches to interact with her, and ends up catching her once again. This is where Petscop 9 
leaves us. Pet Scop 10 mysteriously begins much the same way the ninth video did with Paul back in Evencare, walking down from the northern door in the entrance with the painting of Toneth and Randis, though this time without the flashing demo graphic. He wanders back into Amber's room. The cage door is empty, but he uses the switches to open both of said doors for unknown reasons. Paul then attempts to leave the Evencare building, but the door closes as he approaches. Confused by this occurrence, he heads back to the left towards Amber's room, but the game freezes. As we hear Paul begin to react, the screen goes black. The Petscop title screen gets us once again. Paul hits start to load his game, but is met with two of his save files labeled Panic SV. Panic save? And flagged as possibly corrupted with the second of the three saves listed as simply Test. Paul chooses to load the first possibly corrupted save, and after seven seconds of loading, places him back in the mysterious room with the gift boxes he found in the previous video. He opens the gift box and the camera zooms in, once again seemingly entering this gift box again as the video suddenly cuts right back to Paul and even care, with no explanation. Paul walks into Amber's room again and just states, There you go. As if he's once again talking to someone. Paul walks down and the video cuts again, this time to Paul walking back into the quitter's room. Another white block with a symbol resembling that of which we've seen in the background of Evencare, now sitting on the bed in said room. Paul approaches the center and of course sees the sprite of himself with the oddly drawn face we've come to recognize in this mirrored room. This time, however, they are on the opposite sides we are used to, still mimicking his movements. Then, Paul looks at the note on the western wall again stating, do you remember being born? This time the message is not mirrored and backwards. Paul walks down to the right, and as he approaches the white block with the symbol on the bed, the video cuts to black again. Now we see Paul back in the room with the red tool. The text box appears, and Paul inputs, what month is it? Instantly, what appears to be a calendar floats down over the tool, invitingly motioning back and forth. Paul attempts to interact with the object to no avail, though. The text box pops up again. This time, Paul inquires, What year is it? The calendar remains with no other responses from the red tool. The video quickly cuts to Paul with the red tool, but with no calendar present, as Paul asks, Where was the windmill? Instantaneously, the response is censored with a giant black rectangle blocking out Paul, the red tool, and its reaction to Paul's question. We are left with just silence as Petscop 10 comes to a conclusion. And you just listened to the narration for Petscops 9 and 10 here on our Petscop and LAG Investigation podcasts on the LAG Radio Network. I am Chili Cheese J, joined by the narrator himself, Creepy Pete, scrolling through the progress document as we speak. <coughs> Alright, so since we're now kind of into the deep end in this pool that is Petscop, we are obviously introduced to something that isn't necessarily a mystery still if you're up to date on what what has happened in Petscop. When we all saw this demo sequence for the uh, first time, everyone was like, okay, well, what the fuck is this? Because Paul is not speaking over it at all. Um, it appears as though it's new gameplay footage because he is collecting all the pieces that Paul had previously um, picked up in Evencare. Comes in, uh, it, it comes in like a demo of a video game would, as if the the music has ran out on the Petscop uh, title screen, and it's just sitting there with no music, and then it goes to a demo like any video game would. Then Paul walks in from the 
the northern door in the room with the Randus and Toneth picture? I think it's Toneth. He's like ignoring all the signs that are up in even care. So that's the demo. There's not a whole lot we can say other than the fact that at that point, again, we're doing these podcasts for people who have are just kind of following along with us and not haven't seen the whole thing. Maybe you're just getting into it. Um, so at that point, we get into Paul's just normal, well... <laughs> You can call it normal gameplay. At this point, the jump cuts between sequences are fucking almost infuriating to a point to when you're trying to like really look into these things. Have you seen on the progress document the, the map that someone made of uh Yeah. Oh god. It's crazy. I can't even make sense out of no. it. No. No. I need to like blow it up. I need like a giant like how I have the amateur radio world map. I need it like blown up like that so I can like make try to make more sense of it. I'm almost positive. I remember we were doing a recording for one of the previous ones we did and I was trying to find that map and that was the map I was talking about because I remember going out and looking for it because for whatever reason it was relevant and I was like somebody made a map of this whole thing and it's insane. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's all over the place. And before we get further into this, uh, I'm, I'm going to give the shout out. I almost forgot to uh, a guy who follows us on our SoundCloud page, which is soundcloud.com slash the LAG radio network, I believe. His SoundCloud name is Modbomb, and he makes really cool remixes of songs, including some Petscop stuff and he followed us and I listened to his music and I was like, rad, dude. And he offered, he's like, hey, if you want to use the music, you know, feel free. And so that's going to be playing right now under our uh, uh, discussion here. And last podcast, it was uh, a SoundCloud user named Pet Cop who makes original songs that are in the vein of Petscop music. And you can check uh, Modbomb out at abysmal.bandcamp.com or at facebook.com slash modbombmusic. So check him out. He does really cool work. And we appreciate him letting us use his tracks on this. Because if we just used normal Petscop music, it'd get boring after a while. You're listening to that all the time in the actual narration part. So shout out to him. All right. Now back into the discussion. Uh, I guess we just go Rainer right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Rainer's a very interesting character, and I like that a lot. And we learn um, a lot more about him going forward. Yeah, he, he's very cynical, and I, I have my own theories about him that we'll get into later, especially during 11. 11's where I was like, oh shit, like, okay, this is going on. And there's the whole idea that his name is like a uh, synonym for something else, possibly. Yeah, there's also a lot of ties to Rainer Rilks, if I might be butchering that. The author of Letters to a Young Poet, uh, Nightmare Masterclass, pointed it out. And he's got this quote, it was, We need to live the questions and the answers will come through that. Um, I, I don't know if they're necessarily connected. I like to think they would because Petscop is nothing but questions. Nothing but questions. I <clears throat> Even when they're answered, it's still like, what? there's got to be more there. Yeah. So I'll just go into the progress document here. According to the About page, Rainer went missing in June 1997 and 2000 and later gave a gift to the proprietors on Christmas 1997 and 2000. That's on the About page. I'm not sure if this was on the About page at the time of 9 and 10 but if you're if you're watching Petscop videos it's there now it's not a spoiler at this point um, and then the theor- theory combining this with their statement that they've received the recordings as a Christmas gift many years ago indicates that Rainer may have been given the original Petscop have may given the original Petscop footage to them Rainer's name in the first about section is written in quotation marks implying that it may may be a pseudonym it may also refer to the poet Rainer Rilke. I probably not how you pronounce that. That's who I was thinking R- of. Rilke, yeah. Rilke's name, birth name was Rene, which means the reborn, and his mother was hoping to get her dead daughter back through him. She even dressed him in girls' clothing during the first few years of his life. It's really fucked up. Uh, Rilke also shared a mentor with Stravinsky, whose music plays in Petscop 7. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, shit. Maybe they are. Okay. Wow. 
That changes a lot of my perspective. So, I don't have the text for his, um, his note up here. But the, just the, mo the bizarre thing about that whole sequence is the fact when Paul walks into that bedroom, Paul is in there already, reading the note, and then leaves. And Paul notices and gives a little indication that he sees that himself. And then he looks around the room, goes to the... And it's a lengthy thing. You've heard it in the narration portion of the podcast. I've got it here, too, if so, you want it. But there's, are, you want to just hit the key kind of... Yeah, the key points of it. Yeah, because there's some like red flags in there. Yeah, so the the biggest red flag, um, clearly Rayner knows who he's addressing to, who, I don't know if I should say this, but... Uh, it becomes I, really obvious. Yeah, I, I strongly believe, and it, it's pretty common knowledge, I guess, at this point, that he's addressing Marvin. Um, he starts it off with, you must have guessed it, but I was looking through your things. He goes on to explain that he found a picture from 1977 of Marvin standing in front of an old windmill with his friend. Um, he states it's a bad idea that his friend and the windmill both disappeared. Her sister was holding the camera. Another picture was taken minutes later. Just Marvin, no windmill, no friend. He then goes on to say that uh, Marvin married the girl's sister, the friend's sister, years later, friend was reborn as your daughter. Um, Rainer's very bitter in this note. At least it comes off really bitter and very, like, and, I know what you did. And we can make mention of the whole Candace Newmaker situation with that, too, about the whole real-life thing where that girl was being reborn and died as a result of the rebirth process. So that's where people started linking that real life scenario to Petscop, which still don't. I mean, it's half ass been debunked. I mean, it, that theory just floats out there still among people. But yeah, I definitely don't think it's all of it. It, it definitely is a part of it. I think maybe it just that story influenced some of it. I mean, obviously, the name Newmaker is in this fucking game. Yeah, and the whole quitter's room thing that's tied with that, and the fact that in that real-life case, as these adults were sitting on top of Candace trying to quote-unquote rebirth her, um, they kept calling her a quitter and, like, degrading her. Yeah. And, uh, Your sexual video that shit. Oh no shit! Disturbing. That's, yeah, yeah. They 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 deserve to be locked up, which I believe they were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the summary of the note. Rainer's main points of it is the friend never returned with you. The windmill is gone. Went to see it myself. Where is it? What did you do? Which makes sense because in the time that Paul is playing, normally in the new maker plane the only visible part of the windmill is the foundation um it's not until he discovers the shadow glitch where he kind of like goes back in time and just finds the windmill uh which is also there's a scene in there that's super fucked up and interesting and has a lot of debate about it his reaction to just walking up on the windmill is fun too when he's like I can't remember. Does he just, does, doesn't he say, like, holy shit? Yeah, he's, he he's just taken back. He's like, oh, my God, it, it's here. I, I don't remember what his exact quote was, but he was not expecting it. No. Which ties back to when we first saw Marvin, and he just looked like when Paul did. He, his, his sprite was all blacked out, and he was a shadow monster man, for lack of a better word. Which that whole sequence ties into the note as well about going down and to the right and all that business and becoming you know he became the shadow monster man and all that crap um uh and we can also tie into that we'll just you know we can jump around here since we're doing 10 as well when paul asks the tool at the end of 10 where was the windmill and we just get the censored screen which is infuriating because <laughs> it's like well uh, it maybe it mentions rainer who knows i mean yeah, um, especially in going back to nine, and it's I a, would it, love to see this red pyramid that was censored out because clearly it's very personal to Paul. Yeah, 
have something here. In Petscop 9, another censored object emerges out of a gift box, which is presumably the big present with a sticker on it, referenced in the, in the message. At first, it appears to be a small, upside-down, spinning black pyramid, but it quickly expands and turns bright red. The censored box then obscures the center of the still-spinning pyramid that we can see the corners of going around, as Paul says, what the fuck. Clearly having some sort of... I don't know if he has an attachment to the object personally, but something about it strikes him as... This isn't normal. This isn't right. And it, it clearly has something... He's not happy about it. He's just kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, it's like when he walks into that bedroom and sees the object that's censored and just stands there staring at it and being like, why yeah. is that there? <laughs> and, yeah... He even says something like, I'm not sure if that's supposed to be what I think it is, or something like that. He, He's, like, kind of in denial about seeing it. Which I think, I think the... Which we'll get when, well, you know, we get to 11. The first part of 11, I think, is him just kind of finally coming to terms with the fact that he kind of knows now that he might be involved somehow in his family who knows I mean because he even says in the previous episode uh, his mother had the game and shit and it's we never in I mean this is that's why it would be so key to be able to hear who he's talking to and what that other person is saying to him because clearly that person has knowledge of this game as well and that I mean maybe at some point we will get a pet scop that allows us to hear that. I mean, who knows? We have no idea where this is going still even to this day. We're three months out from the last episode, and my God. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> wait, the wait times on pet scop are notorious. And we got, we got savagely uh, spoiled with the two episodes in 24 hours. So that's just like, that's one of those things where it's like, okay, they gave us the two in 24 hours. Now they're really going to make us wait now. Especially with such the big items that they revealed yeah. in those two, um, yeah, I have a I have a dreadful feeling that we're going to be waiting for quite some time. Okay, and now we'll get into the whole. Do we have anything else to say about Rainer or any of his quotes? Uh, I I'd like to address something not specifically about Rainer. Um, going back to the gift room where the presents are in the censored pyramid. I find it really interesting that when he opens up the right present to grab the key into Marvin's house, it's just like a normal present, just like the one he uses to leave. Yeah. But the present on the left that's censored that catches him off guard, like you said, and like it says in the progress document, it has a sticker on it. And it's such, the way it's pixelated and it's so tiny, it can't render in any legible letters. Yeah. No matter how much you blow it up. And we have the birthday cake with the piece that's missing in the cake, but in the picture there is the piece of cake and the spin, the, the spinning wheel and everything. And, and that's another big thing of debate, too. I, I believe that it's a P for Petscop, but as I'm looking at the comparisons, it, it's not really the same font. And I guess I didn't notice that until now. I've always thought it was just a P for Petscop. Uh, but a lot of people are saying it's like a backwards nine. Um, it, it, it's really interesting. There's theories out there. And this is just a theory. It's, it's in red. It's important to note not to take it as truth. But just food for thought. Um, somebody... It, mentioned like oh what if care was nine and that would be like her ninth yeah. birthday cake or the windmill girl because it's in the windmill girl's room essentially oh man we can't talk about that shit i about said something we can't talk about oh i th okay i thought i got ahead of myself i got no really i concerned. got ahead of myself <laughs> i got ahead of myself i was about ready to talk about 14 oh yeah 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 <laughs> i see where you're going with that yeah i wish i could because <laughs> i haven't i haven't made that I haven't, I haven't put those two together until just now. But um, and the uh, the the whole screen being off center is 
I don't even know how to. I mean, I don't know. What it to just say happens about that. out it of nowhere, happens. too. Yeah, like he didn't really do anything out of the ordinary. Because that's before he opens the box with the angelic noise. Yeah, yeah. He, in order for him to get to that room, we can't see his sprite at all, and I'm assuming he can't see his sprite at all because he's like kind of fumbling around. But the camera is not locked on him; it's just locked to the side of him and it just keeps drifting as he's moving with so much mystery yeah it's so like i feel like it's mystery. intentional i feel like so many things in here are intentional which now we will get to the as it says on the progress document the plane parallels that is the the white box that we first see we first see it on the brick building don't we yeah, yeah, it's right above the door. Yeah. Yeah, when he uh, ends up back in even care with the green key and everything. and um, some, I saw somewhere on the progress document that the uh, the dirt patch... Uh, I don't I think it's the dirt patch in the middle of that room extends all the way down. It's like the only thing that goes all the way down. Oh, I didn't that even room. notice that. I didn't either. Because we're paying attention to everything else but something like that. Right. It's such a small detail. But it makes sense because you would think like the new maker plane is underneath the gift plane. Yeah. It's clear that they are tied together. And when he goes back into that sequence from seeing that block, which I, I, I mean, I can't explain the symbol on the block. I, I don't know how. But it's the symbol we see in the background of Evencare, which, you know, is the whole, the parallel. And the same thing when he is in Quitter's room again and that block is on the bed that takes him back to even care once again. Uh, you know, that's the symbol that's in the background. So each of those events, which we will have a fucking huge one of these coming up with a block. Um, I think that, yeah, that's in 11. So we'll get to that. And there's a second one when he goes to catch care too. There's one like right behind care. So things at this point are becoming really just intense because now this, I mean, this is where the theories just are flying off the wall of what is happening. Why is the, I mean, it's hard to explain because we still don't know a lot of these things and it's all theory. And if we go through all of the theories, this discussion will be two hours long. So we're trying not to do that. That's when we send you to the Reddit progress document to read for yourself because there's so much information in there. I mean, I, I'm still discovering new things in this progress document that I hadn't seen before. Oh, yeah. I've spent hours with this thing, and I, I still haven't read more than Including 75% of Including if I had seen it, we would have covered it in Petscop 8 with the whole cars coming through, and someone took the made the theory that the car that like it's like the first two cars are blue the second one the third one's red and then blue blue red and they put it in binary as if it's zero 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 one zero zero one or something and it led to some web page about uh what what did i say um do, 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 do. I like how I always do those do 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 when I'm looking at things. <laughs> the dig filler. digital immortality, that whole that whole thing that you can go and read about on the progress document. There's no reason for us to even really delve into it because it's a theory and it's wild. Um So and I mean if you want to talk about, you know, going into the deep end, this is where we get into the synchronizations of the videos that um as of now, the theory still is that Petscop 9 is this hub for all of these synchronizations that happen throughout the Petscop videos. Because Petscop 2 and Petscop 1 with the windmill and the, and the plucking of the flower sync up perfectly. And that's why in Petscop 9, when he's just sitting on the windmill doing nothing for that length of time that is when in Paul and Petscop 2 is running back down to check on Kara and LM to see if the sprite has changed and then goes back up and then in 9 the treadmill he starts walking on the treadmill again which is in a, which is in a demo and in 2 he's pluck, plucking the rest of the flower and in the demo sequence at that point the game freezes um God, there's so much to talk about this. I'm getting, I'm getting way confused. 
there's also a and this is in red too so it's just speculation the cages in amber room appear to be connected to the doors leading to either side of the quitters room the cages in odd care or the the episode 9's version of or episode 10's version of even care do not reset when the players leave the room as their even care counterparts do i didn't realize that until just now but they're right um because when he walks in the cages are exactly how he had left them which is strange and also when and, uh, when he's plucking the the pedals mm-hmm. when he gets down on the treadmill yeah he says in the video in video 2 he says wait and that's when the guy on the treadmill stops and then so i mean that could just be a coincidence but at the same time yeah, interesting to note interesting to note <laughs> um it's noteworthy that it's seemingly paul who perfect who perfectly mimics the other character and not the other way around a number of explanations has been proposed for this phenomenon. Paul has played the game before without remembering and is making the exact same movements as he did before. The game briefly takes control over Paul's character. The game can predict what Paul is going to do. Paul managed to perfectly mimic the clone's movements, maybe subconsciously. Paul has unknowingly traveled back in time and is re-experiencing his past actions. The footage has been altered to create the impression of the paranormal or there are two or more instances of the main character concurrently active in the game. And we will come back to that again. Yes, we will. And 14. And 14, (laughs) yes, and 14. 14's a big one when it comes to all that. Uh, In the video, the demo player's movements on the... Okay, I already went through all that. The synchro- this synchronization appears to establish a connection between the numbers on the treadmill and the pedals left on the daisy, with the red backgrounded numbers connecting with They Love Me Not pedal counts and pink background ones with They Love Me. And that has to do with the whole Dr. Seuss um, Daisy Red Maisie story as well, which is Alas, or what is it? Oh, it's the, the Good Grief and good Alas. Grief and Alas, which is a quote from that story as well. There are a few more instances of suspected footage synchronization, but they're either less clear-cut than the above, or their implications aren't yet fully understood. Uh, there appears to be a long and a long subtle chain of synchronized events in Petscops 9 and 10 that starts on both sides when Paul reloads the game after the crash, which is the panic safe. It may imply that Paul split the timeline by duplicating his save file and that the calendar summoned by the tool was the six-month countdown for being able to catch back care, which states you have six months. Uh, oh, holy that shit. Whole, that whole thing that the the child library yeah, says when you yeah, insert her. Yeah, when you drop her off. Uh, where was I here? For further details and considerations, you can read the video. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Okay, so, okay. This is between Petscop 9 and Petscop 6. The direction changes and the windmill's rotation are aligned. And in Petscop 9, Paul continues to exit the windmill in a fashion similar to the shadow character, presumably presumably Marvin, in Petscop 6. Petscop 9 was involved in all known or suspected synchronization events up to Petscop 11 thus possibly being a hub for these synchronizations. Its numerous jump cuts can be interpreted as being an amalgamation of events from two separate timelines interacting with each other, which in turn may be connected with the YouTube About page for the idea that the whole 1997 and 2000. So everyone has always been confused by the fact that it was a gift in 1997 and 2000. Maybe that's the split timelines. Alternative, alternatively, the jump cuts may be a production artifact from matching footage for matching the footage of Part Nine with that of other videos. And then it goes into Petscop Eleven, which will we will get there. That we is a whole nother monster yeah, got, in itself. I'll just go ahead and read this real quick: the Dr. Seuss connection and capturing care. In 1995, Dr. Seuss published a children's book titled Daisy Head Maisie, which told the story of a young girl who one day found herself with a daisy growing on her head. 
This story turns out to have numerous connections with Petscop, especially with Care. In Petscop 3, Paul walks past a large good grief and alas carved into the wall. This is a quote from the book. When Paul first encounters Care, there's a giant daisy growing behind her, visually creating the impression that it may be growing from her head. In the note in Care's bedroom, there's mention of presumably Care saying, Nobody loves me. This is another quote from the book, and most likely meaning NLM and Care NLM. Uh, near the end of the story, Maisie plays a game of They Love Me, They Love Me Not. Petscop seems to reference this with Paul plucking the petals from the flower. Care enters a glitch state when the daisy ends up on They Love Me Not, which is creepy as shit. Both Care and Maisie go through unpleasant events at school, which we will come oh, to learn. Yeah, oh, come to learn. yeah. We'll... Stay tuned. <laughs> Going further, two pieces of, of sinking footage imply that the treadmill and Odd Care and the Daisy are connected. Paul uses the treadmill to set the pedal count to negative one, thus artificially changing the outcome to They Love Me. Care's description seems to reference this by saying to catch her, you had to lie, but Holy it may not be alive forever. Shit, we were just talking we about that. We were just talking about that. And I didn't understand the lie, and now that makes so much more sense. Okay, so uh, I guess at this point we go into Shadow Monster Man territory. Yeah. Um, obviously, Paul, you know, was dicking around, turned himself into a, a Shadow Monster Man. And as he does and just starts wandering around, and we get a few cuts in the, in the sequence. That's when he discovers the windmill. And uh, he enters the windmill just as he saw uh, Marvin had done in uh, his little camera gambit yeah where the, he's like watching the footage and when he enters he sees a what's the sprite shit i don't oh. this it's got a nose and two eyes is that it Just yeah no, no, eyebrows. no eyebrows just, just like hair no eyes. eyebrows yeah. yeah and there is the machine with all of the the pieces that paul has been collecting throughout the game are apparently making this machine function which almost looks like a torture device. Yeah, she's like spinning on top of it. She's got like her mouth open, like it's like weird. she's screaming, but there's no audio. And then there's the white tool sitting there. And as Paul approaches the white tool, you see it rise and then go up to the left. And then as it fades out, fades to black, we don't actually see what's happening. Presumably, maybe murder. Um, <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, at the very least, like heavy violation. Yeah. And uh, as the screen goes to black, Paul collects. Is he collect? He just basically collects all the pieces from the machine. Yeah, he gains. I I don't quote me on this. You said fifty in the narration. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, he gains fifty pieces just from that action alone. And at that point, the as we refer to it, Marvin's theme occurs, which is that low. So it's like, clearly Paul has done something bad. He's reenacting something, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, which also plays into the, which kind of ties into Rainer's note. It's like, where, where's the windmill? You know, where's your friend? Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's just go through the list here. So Paul becomes a shadow monster man, uses the tool on the windmill girl. Gift room, green key, and pyramid sensor. Paul goes to odd care at that's treadmill at negative one, crashes game, and catches care NLM. He drops care NLM off at the child library and then instantly captures her again. Do we have a... What does her description say? I can't remember. So the description for care NLM is... Care NLM escaped from the school's basement and wandered the new maker plane for days. To catch her, you had to lie, but it may not be alive forever. You're the new maker. You can turn Care NLM into Care A and close the loop. Oh, yeah. Uh, Care being trapped in the school basement ties with the note in her room. The treadmill and odd Care directly correlates with the petals on the flower, which we had touched on. Even though the flower ran out of petals on They Love Me Not, close the loop may refer to the cycle of abuse or simply Ooh. returning care to her A form. Yikes. Yeah, that that was <laughs> that was deep. I felt that. I didn't make that connection, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
um, because she was very clearly heavily traumatized by yeah. Marvin in the school's basement. And that's how Petscop 9 comes to an end. Uh, Petscop 10, of course. What's strange about Petscop 10, and I hadn't noticed it, and I texted you about it a couple nights ago when I was re-watching these, is how similar Petscop 10, or Petscop 9 and Petscop 10 begin with Paul in the demo and Paul in his actual relevant gameplay are coming into the exact same location. And this actually kind of like makes sense with the whole split timeline, even though that supposedly doesn't happen quite yet. But Paul, he like they travel the same path for like the first ten seconds, and then they diverge. Uh, in the demo, uh, that's when he goes down and walks on the keyboard. In ten, when Paul's playing, he goes in and opens the cage doors, and then when he tries to leave, even care the door closes in front of him, and then when he walks back to the left, that's when the game freezes again, and that's when he loads the panic save. So there's where maybe the timelines diverge. The keyboard's that sequence. not even there in ten, is no, it's it? Not. It's just the treadmill. Yeah. yeah. No nine. You're thinking nine. Oh, I'm thinking. Wait, nine. no, no, no. You're, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's, no, it's when he puts it to negative yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, because that's what crashes, and he goes into the panic, yeah. And then he goes back into the quitter's room, and he finds that block on the bed. Um, game cuts. Um, then he's talking to the red tool. He asks, what month is it? The calendar comes down, which kind of just looks like a Rolodex, really. Um, and it just it's there teeter-tottering. It's and like, yeah. And then he asks, what year is it? Nothing happens. And that's when he asks simply, where was the windmill? And censored screen, end of Petscop 10. Which is also a callback to the child library. Because when the child library says, you can pick her up in six months if you change your mind. Um, and at the very end of it, it says, but who knows? What year is it? What month is it anyway? Or something like that. Which is fucking crazy yeah there there's so many mirrored <laughs> things in pet scott it's unreal so at that point we've pretty much gone through everything we can in pet scops 9 and 10 uh no timeline for when the next pet scop episode's coming out are we gonna do a pod uh a preparation podcast yeah why not if we haven't done one in a while no it was only for the first episode yeah the first episode yeah before yeah, it, we it'll got be nice to have this. some yeah audio notes or it would be a good good thing to have for pet scalp 11 so wish us luck <laughs>